Attention all passengers for flight OUS-1914 to non-stop flight to New York City. We are now ready to board. Now boarding all passengers for business model class 1, 2, and 3. This is for finding a systematic way to unlock long-term value. Now boarding sections 4, 5, and 6. You want to make sure that with your business model, it's more than how your business makes money. Again, sections 4, 5, and 6. You have to make sure you have key partnerships so that the business can leverage on. Now boarding all sections for passengers on flight OUS-1914 for nonstop flight to New York City. So make sure that you have everything in your overhead luggage rack and it is not overweight. And make sure that you are sure to define and design your business in the marketplace. Now let's take a look. This is... This is Open Shop, the podcast. The podcast that documents the journey, 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 the journey of building and launching Open Shop. The small business geo marketplace. Welcome back to the next episode of Open Up Shop. My name is EA Green and I am your host. And we are here to conquer the obstacles of starting your own business by just getting started. So if you heard the skit at the beginning of this episode, you can hear that the theme today is we're getting right down to business. And we are going to be talking about making your business model or choosing your business model. And the person who I have here with me today is Mr. Rashad Little. What's going on, Rashad? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? All right, so I feel like Rashad was one of the perfect people to help me out with this, and uh, in particular with his uh, business, Candid Yams Kickback. Rashad, tell everybody about yourself. All right, so uh, originally from High Point, North Carolina. Um, would you want me to give the collegiate information as well? I mean, you can do what, what you got to do. State University, um, and I'm pretty much a lifelong Education specialist and a business entrepreneur. So, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I do. I, I like to do dope shit and collaborate with people and, you know, work with the community and educate folks about business and education in general. I'm also a history buff, too. So, all right. So, we're going to get into the dope shit in a, just a moment. But before we get into the full conversation, can you let everyone know what gets you started? Um, pretty much, uh, for me, it's music, believe it or not. Um, okay. I like the messages in music. I like the beats of music. I like exploring new music. That gets me started every So day. what song right now, if, if I say, like, you got to pick the, the the best song that's going to get you pumped and ready to go, what is it? Uh, right off the top of my head, I'll probably have to go with uh, Tom Brown, Jamaica Funk. Okay. All right. All right. So with that, I'll make sure I'll put that in the show notes because I haven't heard it. So I need. You never heard this? Nah. So I need need, tripping. So I gotta get put on game. Or get by by Talib Kweli. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Nice little, nice little key. You know, keys is going off on that. Yeah. All right. All right. So with today's topic, what we're here to discuss is business models. All right. So. Again, like I mentioned, uh, Rashad is the CEO of Candy Yams Kickback. CEO. Right. Or, I mean, I'm, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, is CEO the correct 
the correct term. I mean, you, mean is it, you go with, is it chief curator? Yes, like, you can go with chief curator. Ooh. I call it the candy curator. Okay, candy curator. I see, look, you know, I mean, got to keep me strong. But I like CEO too. That's cool. All so. right. So let everybody know what Candy Yams Kickback is and how they kind of came to be. All right. So Candy Yams Kickback is an experience for um, pretty much millennials between the ages of 25 and 34. We welcome all people of all ages, though. But uh, that's just for, you know, the, the rolling credits. You know, yeah. somebody come come by and, you know, look at it or whatever. But uh, it's a black space, but we welcome all people mm-hmm. um, to come and join. But basically, it's a space created for conversation for the millennial population because I saw uh, that we were going through a lot, you know, post-graduation um, for the people that went to, uh, you know, college and, you know, got out and, you know, got their degree and found out that life was kind of fucked up. You know, right. you, you just really needed some, you know, needed to bounce your ideas off of people. And so uh, the best way for me to do that is to communicate through film, um, taking film and, you know, uh, talking about it with people to make sense of their lives. So it's, I call it the QTNA, which is a uh, questions that need answers okay. through yeah, film. Yeah. And then, of course, I told you I'm, I'm a huge music person. I marched in a band in Winston-Salem State. Shout out to Winston-Salem State and the rest okay. of the sound. So for me, music is life. It's a, it, you know, it's, I think that everybody should find their own personal uh, tune that kind of keeps them going through life. And so uh, music is a part of that experience as well as, well as the, the film experience. And then um, the third thing, which E can attest to, is my mom's cooking Ooh, um, man, yo. <laughs> with these candied yams and mac and cheese and fried right, chicken right. which are all staples in the black community uh, I don't know you know I, we could judge you you know off of you know off of how your mac and cheese and, and candied yams kind of taste <laughs> but uh, but it, it, I think it was fitting with the name itself so yeah. alright so let's uh, kind of give a little bit more detailed discussion you know of idea of what candy yams is um, let's talk about the next event that you have coming up and what that entails, like what that experience entails. Sure. So March 22nd, um, 2019, we're having uh, Waiting to Excel uh, for Women's History Month. And uh, basically, Waiting to Excel is a movie that was founded in 1996 mm-hmm. um, by uh, the author Terry McMillan, who is a, a black author. And mm-hmm. she released the book, I think it was three years before the movie was released. And it was a bestseller um, for multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. And so it was actually the first film that Forrest Whitaker directed. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's a story about, you know, four women uh, that go through a lot of things. But what I found interesting in it, and I tell people all the time when I watch movies, I see into the movie instead yeah. of like actually seeing the movie. In which case, I do watch it, you know, leisurely, but sometimes I'm looking for messages within the film. Right. And so what I found in Wait to Excel was that. Uh, there are still troubles in, in 1996 that women are going through right now. And because it's Women's History Month, I wanted to highlight that. 13 years later. Yeah, Still yeah. going through the same shit. Still thing. going through the same yeah. shit. So, like, you know, for us, you know, I think, you know, for men that, you know, are heterosexual and, you know, you're, you're in relationships that, or, or, you know, or, you know, whoever you choose in life, um, love is, you know, unpredictable. Yeah. And I think that, you know, again, that conversation or that relationship conversation is how I kind of form Waiting to Excel because mm-hmm. to me, Watching the film and then trying to figure out what the the actual definition of what waiting to excel means is basically holding things in and not yeah. um, excelling with them. You right. know? Because, you know, again, coming back to the millennial population, it's now being popularized that we're talking about mental health and we're talking yeah. about, you know, b- building black business, so on and so forth. And we believe that those things are unrelated. But yeah. the thing is that your personal much, health. Yeah. Your business health, all of those things are related because you can't you can't function if you yeah. you know not right in the head or you know you're not exercising or you're not eating right and so on and so forth and so a lot of these things are kind of 
enveloped in the same circle. And so that's how I right. kind of came up with the concept and yeah. um, what I'm doing on so Friday. So to kind of give a little bit more of my little personal experience with it, uh, Candy Yams is basically like you know, he takes clips from the movie and, you know, there's certain themes that it's going to be covered that's going to help drive the conversation between basically the panel that might be there or if Rashad is hosting it that day and with the audience. So it's a full immersive experience. And there's, you know, you look at looking at clips and then comparing it to the music and then, you know, just having like, you know, having the food involved, you know, even though that that just kind of helps you be in a very chill and relaxed mood and just being comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just is a great way to kind of piece it all together. Right. All right. I so, want to make that experience, you know, as authentic as possible because right. with, with black people, um, or, you know, I don't, I don't know if we can speak directly to, uh, that, but we, oh, man, what you about to say? Go no, ahead. no, no. I'm just saying like, uh, no, 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 I'm just saying like, I think that most people, um, in addition to black people are yeah. more, more comfortable when you are sharing a meal. You're also, right, you know, right, right. Uh, you got a little drink or whatnot, and you just kind of, you know, let your hair down. So it is an after five kickback as yeah. well. So you can come in and just kind of chill and flow with us uh, through that whole experience because it is like a relaxation period as well, as you can attest to. Right. So get into to the to the nitty gritty in regards to the business model for this. Right. Um, you know, you are providing an experience. You know, it takes some time to be able to curate this. What were your thoughts in the beginning when you first had this idea? Right. And doing your first candy yams in terms of how you could potentially make money. Right. In terms of and let's talk about if you felt like, you know, you were doing this to just make a profit and become rich. Or was it something that you were focusing on to basically just to maintain because there's something a little bit deeper than just the bottom line. Right. So let's talk about that. Um, so real quick, I, I, my first event was down at Underdog Records. And I, I actually the the name Candid hadn't come up yet. Um so uh, I was basically, or no, it was Candy Ams, but it was Candy Ams Music and Movies. Mm-hmm. So the name Candid, real quick, is just about having candid, straightforward talk with right. people. The the word Yams is literally representative of my mother's Yams. Right. I, you know, I really like those, and uh, <laughs> but they also represent a time in people's families where people gather. So yeah. during Thanksgiving, or I, I, I've never right, heard right. of anybody eating yams in the middle of the summertime, but whatever. But um, music is a special occasion. Yeah, it's always a special occasion. So music and movies is what. I wanted to get to first because that was my, that's my love, you know, right. uh, listening to music and watching movies. And so, um, for me, the business model at first was free, um, because I wanted to see who was interested in whatever. Okay. The only reason I've ever charged for candy amps is because I have to pay for the space and yeah. it turned into a business because I had to, you know, it, you know, pay for the caterers or pay for the, you know, um, DJ and you know yeah. all these different things. Like the, the only reason, piece, like, like yeah. I honestly would do candy yams for free. You know, if I were a wealthy person and were able to just you know provide the experience or, or sponsor or or, spon- or yeah. your sponsor yeah. or something yeah. like that. So that makes me feel good to you know even that. But but the thing is, is that when you are putting experiences together like the candy yams, it I, I shouldn't say force, but it but to me it allows you to grow as a business person mm-hmm. because. Just like anything else, the background of this is the conversation. You have to have a conversation with the DJ. You have to negotiate with the place where you're going to have the event, your caterers, the people that you want to serve as panelists. It, 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 it's enveloped in that experience as well, which, you know, to me, the foundational principle of business is negotiation. So the business model kind of picked up after I figured out like who was interested in this. And then that kind of led. So essentially establishing the market, like you, had to kind of create a prototype of what the event looked like to see sure. 
if it was even worth it. Right. You know, so and the the best way to get that knowledge or to get that information is basically just give it away. Correct. Essentially. Correct. Okay. That's so the freemium. The freemium. The okay. freemium plan. Yeah. All right. So uh we'll get into that in a second in terms <laughs> of how OpenShot kinda like can tie into that. Um so now after you do your first one, do you basically like let's talk about that first, you know, going from where something is free and then going over that hurdle to now say, Hey, this is gonna cost X. You know, it doesn't have to get into like how much it costs, but mm-hmm. like what was that whole idea? Like Well, after the first one I um I was not gonna do it again. I mean, I just I just put it out there to see, you know, what the filler was. It wasn't a business plan at first. I just yeah. I just really was interested like in a project. Yeah, it was just, like a- yeah, it was just like, oh, you know, whatever. But what ended up happening at the end of that um that particular show, um, mm. shout out to Nas. Uh, the the movie that I showed was Thomas Illmatic and mm. uh, played a bunch of '90s hip hop. It was real, you know, raw, just real cool. Um, but a person asked me, you know, when are you gonna have your next one? And mm. I was like, well, shit, I don't, I don't really know because right. you know, whatever. So that kind of took over. And so the second event, the second event, uh, kind of took off uh, where I was like, well. I think I should charge for this mm-hmm. because I'm, I have to acquire a space in order to do it right. because I always wanted to do it hosted in a space that was kind of off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you know, whatever. But whenever, like, again, coming back to the shop owner piece, shop owners want people in their shop. But at the yeah. same time, you know, you want the currency right. to, you know, overlap the loss in business. Yeah, so of for the first time, I was like, oh, OK, so this is this really is, you know, you really got to charge for this for that. you know. And so from yeah. that point, once I figured out, like, all right, I'm going to have to charge for this joint. Uh, now I was like, I. Right, um, now we're gonna figure out what people would pay, okay. right? And so that's when I start structuring my single tickets and single and my couple tickets, right. or whatnot, because I found out that um, you know if you came, you know, as a single person, you were just gonna buy a ticket. But some yeah. some couples, this is a this is a night out for them, right? You know, exactly. their parents, or so on and so forth. So that's when it really started with me seeing like, all right, these people want to come out after you know after work, they want to. Uh, they want to test the market. I mean, not test the market, but they want to come out and have a good time. Yeah. Um, because they're not out if they had kids or right, so right, right. So now I started to see like the formation of the family environment and what yeah. the families wanted to see out of candy yams. And so okay. that just kind of guided it from there. Okay. All right. So let me get into uh, open shop in terms of the way that we're looking to structure. So okay. um, <clears throat> basically we're looking at like a freemium style, right? So freemium is basically there will be, you know, there'll be, People can start for free, essentially, but there will be add-ons or different things that you can essentially purchase that will, you know, essentially enhance your experience. So at the end of it all, like compared to what Candy Yams did, you know, when we start off, like we're looking at it more for the growth, right? More for establishing uh, like a, a core base, establishing people who like, you know, hey, I need this, right? So that's where that freemium or that free tier kind of comes into play. Mm-hmm. And then what it seems like over time is that, you know, you might create other tiers that might provide more value. Mm-hmm. So essentially compared to you doing, and you mentioned it briefly, but going from single tickets, because I mean, it just makes sense. You, when you go to the movies, you pay for a single ticket, mm-hmm. but given that your experience is a little bit more, kind of involved and it provides more than just what you might get at a regular movie theater or AMC or whatever that case may be. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense to provide a little more value by saying, Hey, by creating a, 
a couple's ticket or a group ticket, you know, the essentially it helps you out because it's like, all right, you're getting more bodies in the door, mm-hmm. but also it's like it, you're removing the barrier, removing like obstacles to getting people to actually come in. Correct. Is that correct? Correct. All right. So with that, um, let's talk about what happens next. So, you know, you kind of get into, you know, uh, your single tickets and like your couples tickets and stuff like that. And the reason I'm, I'm kind of bringing this back up again is let's talk about when you made that a pivot in regards to changing your business model, even though you may have done it one way before and it has worked. Mm-hmm. So, and I know for me personally, it's when you went into group tickets and group ticket sales. So let's talk about how that basically came to play. The group tickets? Yes. Okay. So um, we've always struggled with selling just single tickets. Uh, well, excuse me, couples tickets. Uh, when we started the experience, we would always sell um, more of our single tickets because people, you know, because they were cheap and, you yeah. know, people could cop them or whatever have you. But what it, you know, just as we were talking about millennials and the interest in science behind millennials that they wait to the last minute to purchase the ticket. And so, <laughs> and the science, yeah, the science of, you know, uh, the, Lack of the urgency to commit. <laughs> Correct. So, you know, for me, it was like, uh, you know, I started to see that they would wait all the way up until like 24 hours before, or even at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I, if they would pay more. Yeah, right? yeah. Even if they if they would pay more. Look at that text. The second one. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> all right, Joe. That's I just hilarious. let him see a text, you know, of, of somebody texting me asking me if they can purchase tickets for tw- the 22nd on for Friday. The, for the day of. For the and, day of. Instead of saying, you know, here, let me just buy them now. Facts. So the thing is, like, uh, and it's totally fine. I mean, it was yeah. fine. But, you know, if you are trying to book spaces and you're trying to, you know, right. this is like on your budget, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You're on a shoot, you know, shoestring budget, you know, you're trying to do stuff or whatnot. You have to, you have to learn how to uh, negotiate on the, on the back end for that. And, and, the, and at the time, I didn't know how to do that. And so right. what ended up happening with the group ticket is that I found out a, a young lady called me and she was like, well, I don't, you know, want to buy a couple's ticket. I don't, and I don't need a single ticket. But me and my homegirls want to come. Mm-hmm. They want to come to the the experience. I said, "Well, how many of you are there?" And she was like, "Well, it's like four or five of us." And I was like, "She was like, you don't offer a group ticket." And I just thought about it. I was like, "Oh, you know what? I can get the bodies and the money at the same time." Yeah. So I was like, "Man, well, I'm gonna turn around, you know, at that moment, you know, and pivot and just." Get a get a group ticket popping, and then over the years, I've just been offering different things in the group package. Which right. for me, uh, you can sell that to a business owner because if you sell, you know, twenty five tickets with four people in the ticket, you know, you pretty much got the space pay- packed out. Yeah. Now and now you got, you know, you can negotiate terms at this point. Like, can I get half of the bar, or can I get, you know, thirty percent of the bar because I'm bringing these people, or can, you know, I get this reserve space or, you know, whatever you can negotiate now. And so what I found out by pivoting there is that um, when you have the bodies and you have the tickets, not only will you have people following you, you'll have people purchasing tickets. You got your, um, your expenses being taken care of, so on and so forth, which I want to touch on something else in just a second. But basically that group ticket kind of saved the experience because Uh it allowed me to play, play around with that, play with the numbers and play with, what you offer in the package, which is, you know, the, a part of the fun part for me, which right. is the creative part. So the reason why I, I wanted to bring it up is that I love the fact that, you know, that is just really shows adaptation in motion. Right. So, I mean, the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because I know I was there when, when it happened and when the conversation came up and it was like literally almost the next day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
Which so is another I, thing in business. You got to be ready to like change on a dime. Right. Or go on. So like it, this is a, a key factor in showing that, you know, by removing that friction, you know, you just open up a whole new lane. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, with that, you know, by uh, are there any other scenarios in terms of where this may have happened or where, you know, maybe this you can kind of maybe change your idea of where this could potentially go in regards to your business model? Um, no, not. I mean, I think the single tickets are fine. Couples tickets are fine. Uh, but the group ticket will always change based off of uh, what film I'm offering, okay. what, you know, what things I'm going to offer in the package. But right. th- those three things are probably here to stay. Okay. So you mentioned that you said earlier that you wanted something. You wanted to oh, so the, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, the strength of um, – Word of mouth as well, okay. Because uh, I sold a bunch of tickets uh, um, early on in my experience, and I haven't gone back to this yet, but I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, selling tickets just by talking to Eric and walking up to him and having an actual ticket in my hand, people still want to have a keepsake, okay. Uh, so that is also powerful as well. Like having, you know, I'm not saying you have your whole lot on you, right, or whatever. But what ends up, what it ended up happening, I could sell two for twenty or two for this, or it was kind of like. Hustling. Selling, yeah, hustling, you know, hustling yeah. and whatnot. Okay, but the jo- <laughs> but the joint was, you know, you got a chance to talk to people and you got a chance to get that dough right up front. And now with the advent of people having cash, they also have cash app, so right. you can sell the experience to them um, right there, and they're just like, oh, okay, well, I get that because they know me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So honestly, what I did earlier in the experience was. Um, because I know that ticket sales were slow and I, I, did, I didn't know about the predictability of people buying 48 hours or 24 hours before. Yeah. So I would get nervous. And I, you know, the weeks leading up, what I did to cover expenses is literally print off a hundred tickets, you know, and design, I design my own tickets and everything. I think you've seen these before. Yeah, but, I have, I have. Um, but what I would do is I would sell those mm-hmm. tickets in order to pay for upfront expenses like your DJ, like your food. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, you know, had to put a deposit down on the uh, yeah. spot itself and I had to trust. The fact that I would sell tickets to get my money back. You okay. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So uh, with that being said, let's take a quick break, and we are going to wrap it up. And we're back. All right, so let's wrap up this uh, this conversation, and we're going to get into concept startup growth. So this section basically is aiming to give the listeners and the viewers some practical advice based off of the conversation that we had today. So if all else, they can say, hey, I listen to this one part, and this is what, you know, I'm taking it away. So for the concept portion, let's kind of look at it through the lens of when you first had to make a decision about selling tickets in order to, you know, go into for candy yams. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. So we'll, okay. what are some some tactics or some things that you might tell people to go through? Uh, so first, I want you to assess uh, whether or not your public will buy them. Right. OK. And the only reason and the only way you can do that is by offering them, you know, for a price. And so I always say that the proof in the concept is if one person buys the ticket, then, you know, that pretty much states the value that, you know, people see value in their experience. But before that, um, making sure your, your marketing, your advertising is correct as well. Okay. Making sure that people know exactly what they're buying, mm-hmm. um, selling that experience uh, very well so people understand the value itself. Okay. So before you get to that, like assessing like the value of it, you know, making sure you do your polls, making sure you do your testimonials, stuff like that. Okay. So that when you do offer it for a price and it's only in one person buys it, now you know like, all right, cool. All right. So let's just, you know, let's be real about it. Let's, you know, be candid about it. Um, 
what is a what is the highest price ticket for candy games? Uh, seventy five dollars for the group ticket. All right. Yeah. Uh, for a group of how many? Four. Four. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the highest price, but but it comes down to about eighteen dollars a ticket. So. Okay. So eighteen dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Or twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. What am I getting for twenty bucks? So you're getting VIP seating. You're okay. getting a food, and you're getting a cocktail. So that's not promised to everybody. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, so your single ticket, your single ticket is just your general admission. You right. Just, of course. So you know, it might you be offer a little general admission. Yes. Yeah, well, it's, it's twenty bucks. Okay. But with that group ticket, um, one or with the general admission, you're not necessarily sitting towards the front. You're kind of getting whatever you know, whatever is left. But right. with VIP, you're getting, you know, that that real experience. Like you're in the front, you get your cocktail, and everybody's not privy to the cocktail as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is it's a signature cocktail for each. For yeah. each event. So that's kind of cool. So you don't, you don't have to purchase alcohol if you don't want to. Right. It comes with that. And then the couple's ticket, um, you get, I think you just get the, the food. You don't get the cocktail. So the okay. cocktail really sets it apart, uh, from that and the seating itself. So right. you really want to be in the front when this happens. Okay. All right. So now getting into startup. So now startup is you are full fledged into this. Mm-hmm. All right. So in terms of timeline, let's think about it from around when you made that group ticket. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you would tell listeners to look out for or things that they should be, you know, keep in mind when it comes to your business model around you know, when you're fully fledged, full fledged into your project or your business, just always uh, keep in mind that you might have to change it on a dime. Um, because with that group ticket, again, uh, it's it's a very it's a very good ticket to sell. But at the same time, like I told you, I just gave you the groundwork of what the group ticket offers. Right. There are other little incentives that I offer in there. You know, grab bags or yeah. you know different things that they that they are privy to that the regular candid yams person is not privy to yet. You know mm-hmm. that sort of thing. They they can come and enjoy the experience. But I think that. When you're starting out in your startup, just always pay attention to the vibe in your crowd, right? Mm-hmm. And always listen to them. Always ask them questions that you would want to know if you came to an event. Right. Is this ticket too much? Is the seating okay? What about the lighting? What about the, you know, the room itself? Mm-hmm. Do you like our concept? Do you not like our concept? So you're going to have to really get yourself ready for some real answers because the one thing that people like to give you is their damn opinion, right? They, yeah. they like to talk to you about what Everybody the fuck they one, would do man. different right. if, you know, if this were they shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like you got to open yourself up for that sort of criticism. Right. Because, you know, when you're doing you're in a service-based business, people really drive the sales. Right. So um, and then also I would say demographic is huge. Uh, understanding not only, you know, that these are millennials. I threw this stat out earlier, but um, not un- understanding that these are not only millennials, but are they family people? Are they party goers or what type of music do they listen to? Uh, the age range is uh, 25 to 34 for candy yams and it's 63 percent women. Like knowing that information, you can really get a, a lot further um, right. just asking different types of questions. Right. Because, okay. you know, like we said, waiting to excel is this Friday, right? Do you think they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a packed house of men? Probably not, right? Yeah. Or, or it may. I'm not sure, right, 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 right. But you know, it's that sort of thing that you structure your programming and structure your marketing and advertising. Tool, okay. So, all right. And now the last section is growth. So now you are fully full. You know, you're into this, and you know, what looking at it from a adaptation lens or a maintaining lens. You know, what what do you think that people should look into? Um. I, I, the main skill that you probably need to develop as an entrepreneur is the re- reverse engineering model. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. So basically looking at it, I would say 18 months out and reverse engineering that all the way back to month one, 
Mm-hmm. And what you want to happen at the end of this experience, what it, what it looks like, what it feels like, who you want to work with, how much you want to charge, how much money you want to make, and then how you want to advertise and how is that you know different. That's the first thing. The second thing is find some communities that are similar or identical to the one that you are already you know trying to launch because it'll right. be easier for you to go go forward because you'll be able to you know kind of pick and see what you know other people do with their advertising and marketing and so right. on and so forth and add it to whatever right. you're doing. So I'm going to add some more color to that. So when you turn to finding your community, you're not saying just like uh copy and paste, but it's just mm-hmm. more of you know like even like engaging into that community, right? Like mm-hmm. before you're just saying, hey, look, this is what I have, right. right? Because the thing is at the end of it all, like if you your communities are fairly similar, you know, especially when it comes to candy yams, where there's that whole family aspect, like it behooves you to really kind of like be ingrained into it and really having driving conversation and driving that value so that people can see all right, now when they get the offer or when they see what's actually being asked to or being sold to them, you know, they have something to really kind of big goal based off of yeah. and understanding what the why is and right. you know what this person or right. what this program might be about. Right. And your why is going to come a little later. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it, you know, it's going to change over time because, you know, you know what you want to do, but that why is going to just kind of yeah. always, you know, kind of reiterate itself. So right. you learn that through programming or whatnot, but basically understanding, you know, how other people market to the same groups of people that you do. That's how you keep your creative flow going okay. because what keeps you unique is the fact that you're able to uh, do write it, you know, a certain way or speak a certain way or offer different colors, uh, different, you know, font, different, you know, pictures, yeah. so on and so forth. That's what makes it unique about the experience. But you, the person that's creating it, need to always be in that mode yeah. of seeking, searching out what other people are doing uh, so that it keeps your creative juices flowing and you're able to kind of uh, keep that experience unique and authentic. Okay. All right. All right. So that was Concept Startup Growth. Now let's get directly into it so we can wrap things up. All right, the next section is comfort zone killers. Mm-hmm. All right, so this uh, is basically, it could be a quote, it could be a song or anything that will help the listeners kind of stay motivated until the next episode of Open Up Shop. What do you got for us today, Rashawn? So I got a quote from um, Theodore, Ro- Theodore Roosevelt, um, past president, uh, and it reads, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is mired, mired with by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does, who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never knew victory nor defeat. Okay. All right. That's dope. <clears throat> so why, why that, uh, why that quote? Like, how did that speak to you? Well, I think that, you know, what it says to me is that, you know, People, you know, in this human race, man, people always have dreams and goals that they want to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've talked about this a lot lately, but like people believe that 
a dream or there's there are people that teach that if you have a dream to go just follow it but they don't ever tell you you're gonna get fucked up along the way like you're you're going to get you know hurt you know your heart is gonna be broken stuff is not gonna you know line up exactly the way that you had it um you're gonna be let down by friends and family you might let your damn self down you know what i'm saying like that stuff is going to happen and so the what this quote says to me is that um if you you know if it ends, if the triumph ends in high achievement or if it ends in, you know, straight up disparity, do you want the victory or defeat? And to be honest with you, if you have the victory, that's cool. But if you had a defeat, but you tried. Right. That. That's still more. That's still, that's still more. Than it's still worthy than just sitting on the sidelines and, and doing never doing shit. Like or, never doing anything. Or just talking about it. Yeah, for sure. Just okay. talking about it. So. All right. So that is the, the latest episode of Open Up Shop, and I have Rashad Little here. Rashad, let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Instagram, it's uh, Candid Graham, uh, C-N-D-I-D-G-R-A-M, or you can follow me on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. It's Candid Yams Kickback. All right. So I want to thank you for coming out and, you know, thank you for having taking me. time out of your, your busy schedule, knowing that you have an event this week. Right, so I really appreciate that. Now go get your journey started and start your idea, project, or business. But all you have to do is remember is to open up shop. Peace. <laughs>